You know what? I wasn't going to mention this, but now I will. Okay, what? Because I don't get it. I did something that pissed no, you off. No, what did to do I do? With you. The World Cup. The World Cup. I don't soccer. Un- Here's what I don't understand. I love soccer. <laughs> no, you don't. I love soccer. It's it's incredible. Let me get to my point because you know what my point is. My point is, is that people who are not interested in sports at all, right? All of a sudden, are unbelievably interested in the World Cup. Yeah. I don't understand. I, it's like the, this happens with the Olympics too. I think people who don't care about when you say sports, people are not interested. You're talking about like baseball, basketball. You're talking about like the big four American sports. Well, I'm just talking about baseball, s- basketball, I'm, hockey, and football. I'm not necessarily talking about that. Soccer goes on every year. I don't know what the season is. Yeah, but, but so do Olympic sports, and people don't follow diving throughout the year. Some people do. You know what I mean? No, though. I understand what you mean, but I, I, I don't you remember get our it. very, very first on-air interview. It was an impromptu event with Amanda Yesnowitz, the unparalleled parallel verse engineer, shining light to us all. She may not have had that nickname at the at the time, but it was when Michael Phelps was winning all those gold medals uh-huh. in the Olympics, and she was all gaga over Michael Phelps. Right. I don't think Amanda Yesnowitz pays any attention to sports the rest of the year. It's possible. But maybe it's Michael Phelps. But, okay, well, so that's, he's a personality. He's like the rock star of... But, uh, no, I think it's the Olympics, though. Like, for her, I think. I don't know. Amanda, tell us. Is it the Olympics? What do you do? I don't know. I, to, to me, I, could, I can understand the Olympics more than I understand the World Cup. You're like the reverse, though, because you followed the Dodgers even during the offseason, and the World Cup means nothing to you. Uh, yeah, and I don't mind. I don't... I mean, soccer doesn't interest me, but I don't... I think it's fantastic that people are into it, and people like uh, sports that I don't like that's fantastic but I don't but my point is that there's sports all the time <laughs> there's sports you don't have to wait until the world cup to watch sports there are networks that have sports 24 hours a day for any sport you might like I don't know it, maybe it's the sense of patriotism you know it's in the world cup all you have to do is root for your country right you don't have to root for your city it doesn't matter where you're from it's like I'm from Maine I root for the Red Sox but I live in New York and so that's weird but it doesn't matter. We're all from America, so we can all root for our team at the World Cup. I don't like everybody in America, though. I don't want to root. But we're all Americans. If you don't root for the American <laughs> soccer team, you're anti-America. Isn't that the? Isn't that what George Bush taught us? I believe so. I think so. Both of them did. I think. Well, mostly the second one. But. Right. So okay. So I don't. I don't get it. Anybody who's into it is fantastic. Yeah. Bully for you. Bully indeed. Is I'm why not... though? Why are you into it? Why? Tell yeah, ex- us. Explain why all of a sudden... And doesn't it go on for like six weeks, this I, World Cup? Yeah. Ex- How? I, I don't understand. Soccer has the lowest like points per day of any <laughs> of any sport ever. Anybody who tells me that baseball isn't interesting because they don't score enough, I, I send thee to a soccer match <laughs> where you can sit there for three hours and come out of a 0-0 tie. Yeah. And for I, some people, that's interesting. And again, I, re- I repeat, I that's fantastic. It. I don't get it. You know, but I played I soccer it. for like a month in uh-huh. high school. Oh, my God. It was the worst month of my life. It's a lot of running. Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> I, I can't even picture you playing soccer oh, at all. I was terrible at I'm it. I'm sure you were. No, actually, you know what? I got an assist. In, the, in, in like the one game I played, I got an assist. <laughs> The ball bounced off of me, and then somebody else scored a goal, so I got an assist. Nice. Yeah, I think I was 14. I was filling in because two people got hurt. I was like the last one left on the sideline. Oh, my God, we got to send Simmet in. Try not to touch the ball. That's pretty much their attitude. So the show, the show that, that filming in really is the World Cup of Crossword Podcast. <laughs> it is. If you don't like crosswords during the rest of the year, you should at least like this podcast. Yes, this one right here. Yeah, especially indeed. episode 107, as that is the episode you're listening to currently. Currently. At uh, this very moment. At this very moment you're listening to this Today episode. is, of course, Tuesday, the 15th of June. Yes. That is the 
That is a June in 15. <laughs> I was going to say that all backwards. That is a Tuesday in June. Uh, what's coming up on today's show? Well, we're going to talk about what we don't know about Dorian Gray. Which we're is apparently a lot. Pretty much everything. Yes. We're going to get answers from the Oracle with oh. Mike Nothnagel and an interview with Eric Berlin. Yes. All of it's happening after we play for you our theme music. This theme music is titled Jag on a Hank. It's time to do the show. Indeed. We have a couple of announcements. First of all, uh, Andrew Feist. 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 Andrew has created a puzzle suite. Andrew has designed a puzzle suite called The Ghost in the Machine, and it is available on his uh, blog, I think it is. It's a very long, convoluted uh, I, you know, uh, link. I'm not, I'm not going to say the link out loud. We're going to put it on the on our site. So yes. if you find our podcast via iTunes, just go to our site, which is bemoresmarter.com. And then you can find, find the site. post uh, <laughs> to this podcast, and, and we'll link to Andrew's is puzzle this, suite. It's is fantastic. Is this the puzzle? What's that? Is, is this- find Andrew's puzzle? <laughs> no, uh, but it's very cool. Uh, this is, uh, you know, it's along the lines of things like the PA magazine. It's a suite of, I don't know exactly how many, maybe a dozen puzzles. We're going to solve that it this are week. varying sorts, and uh, we haven't had a chance to solve it yet, but we have looked at it. It looks very, very cool. I say we're going to solve it this week. I'm going to, I'm going to, Ryan is going to print it out and look at it this week. <laughs> right. I am possibly going to print it out and do some of it this I week. Will, I will attempt to no, do something. You some will of it. wave a pencil somewhere in the vicinity <laughs> no, of the I stack of pages. No, I will attempt to do something. Something, okay. and I will fail miserably. Okay. Lollapazoola 3. It's happening on August 14th. That is a Saturday. You know who August. I ran into at the post office yesterday? Jared Hirsch. Absolutely not. Vic Fleming. No. Alex Boisvert. No. Think about where we live. Think about where... <laughs> None of them, though, right? <laughs> no. Think okay. about where the post office is, and think about who I would run into. Harry Hassel. Amar. 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 Amar works at the church where we are hosting Lollapazoola, and he attended last year, and he was super psyched about it, and he is super psyched about this year. I he believe. is. He helps us out at the, at the church. Uh, uh, yeah, and he's yet, terrific. And he was at uh, the post office. We were both mailing something. Were you now? We were both mailing something. I'm so pleased that that's what you were doing at the post office, because <laughs> really, any other activity, like soccer-related, no, totally <laughs> if, inappropriate. If only he had won a contest. And I was mailing. It would have been so great to just instead of mailing, just say, himself, "Look, here's your prize," and then stick it into the <laughs> slot and say, "You gotta wait for it. You gotta be like awesome. everybody else who's won prizes and wait three or four months because that's how long it takes us exactly. to get our well, the post head is, out of is, our ass." Is most slow this time of year. Yeah, so is the route so yeah. So from uh, our house uh, we need volunteers. We need uh, uh, puzzle books donated for prizes. We need anything. We need anything you want, or we need you to just attend. It costs nineteen dollars and one hundred cents. Exactly. Uh, that is American currency. So if you're coming down from Canada, be sure to bring uh, metric to metric Leave. on your iPhone <laughs> so you can figure out. Leave your loonies at home. Uh, no. So twenty dollars to enter the tournament. It costs nothing to volunteer at the tournament. If you'd like to be a judge, if you'd like to be a scorer, uh, if you'd like to just hang out. Um, and the volunteers get free pizza. Yeah, I will say this, because I, I'm, I get a small sense that there are some people who think, oh, you know what, I'm not as good as Dan Fair, therefore there's no point in me competing, therefore I'm just going to be a volunteer because it's free. Being a volunteer is actually a full day of working. It's not going to be a full day of just hanging out. And it's important, and it's wonderful, and we'd love to have you do it. But don't be deterred by the sense of competition there. We have two skill divisions. 
So we have Dan Fair in one room, and everybody else. In the, no, no, no. We have we have what we call well, the express and the local yes. divisions. The express division is for people who are uh, A and B level ACPT tournament players, and we have the local division, which is people who are C, D, and E level ACPT tournament players. Yes. Am I saying that correctly? Yes, you're saying it. Perfectly. Yeah, and so we have two sets of finals, and uh, you know that's how you'll be scored and all of that. So uh, yeah, it, it's great fun all around for all levels of solving. If everybody ability. who was not as good as Dan Fair decided not to show up, there would be one competitor. That's right. Because you are not better than Dan Fair. Nobody no, you're is. Not. Nobody is. So just get that out of your mind yeah. and just sign up and and do some puzzles. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be great. View Romeo opening it up. Our first viewer mail comes to us from Ghost in the Machine creator Andrew Feist. 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 Uh, he tells us, The picture of Dorian Gray is an Oscar Wilde novel. The picture of Dorian Gray is an... O- what? Maybe picture's supposed to be capitalized. So it's, oh. The picture of Dorian Gray is an Oscar, Oscar Wilde, Wilde novel. No- so is novel capitalized? I'm not sure. The picture. So in the book, the picture ages, but Dorian himself stays the same. He dies when the picture is See, destroyed. You were close. I thought it was about a book of a boy and his horse. Yeah, I don't think it's about any of those things at all. I mean, it's a book. That it is a is book. True. It is a novel. I knew that it was a painting. You did. I did. Uh, Nicole Hirsch, wife of Jared Hirsch, and uh, uh, completist and Brian Heck Doppelganger. No. What? What do you mean? It's no, it's not right. It's close enough. No. That was right. It was just. It was. It was mumbled a little bit. It was mumbled a lot, and she, it was all out of sequence. She. Not out of sequence. Wife of Jared Hirsch, completist, and Ryan Heck doppelganger. That is in sequence. You added a couple extra words. I added some ums. That's that's what takes it out of sequence. The ums <laughs> go at the end. It's wife of Jared Hirsch, completist, and Ryan Heck doppelganger. Um um. Oh, you're right. Come My on, bad. She See? goes. She she clarifies. She clarifies. She says the thing about the painting is that every time Dorian did something bad, this would be Dorian Gray. Yeah. He would get no emotional scars, but the painting would reflect everything. All of the sins of the flesh and mind showed up in the painting. Eventually, Dorian felt guilty and stabbed the painting, which was hideous. Should we have said spoiler alert? Uh, I don't think so. The book's been around for a long enough time. Has it? Yeah. Uh, When he did that, the painting went back to the perfect Dorian, and the real Dorian was found stabbed and all disfigured. Thought you should know. (laughs) You know what? I'd like to have a segment on the show called Thought You Should Know. (laughs) And it's, you know, people will tell us things they think we should know. My wife and I have a picture of us. (laughs) Yes, that picture. It is a painting. Yes, that is, oh my God, that's a frightening picture. (laughs) It's a painting of our wedding day. uh, And maybe this has something to do with it. Maybe if we stab that painting. You will become youthful? Well, they're Wait, not. No, they're older. The people in the painting are older. The than The people us. in the painting got married three hundred years ago, <laughs> and their bodies have been preserved in amber uh, or something. One like that. day we will give away that painting as a contest prize. I think we will, <laughs> and I will enter that contest. <laughs> My wife and I want that painting. I know you do. We really do. Moving on. Our next viewer mail comes from Amy Ronaldo Aranjakat. <laughs> Amy says the extra J is not to be found in otolaryngology. The first G is hard. The geology part is, uh, oh, I see, I'm pronouncing it wrong. It, the word is otolaryngology. Oh, otolaryngology. Yeah, the first G of the gology part has the same consonant sound as golly G. That's what we're going for. Otolaryngology. Otolaryngology. G. Otolaryngology. You know what, Amy? The, the trick here is that I, about 10 years ago, I got a series of bizarre junk mail, uh, like, over a period of two weeks, maybe I got four or five different pieces of mail from the same office. It was an office specializing in otolaryngology. 
And each piece of mail just made the whole thing more and more confusing. Uh-huh. The first one was like some kind of flyer promoting a new sale. You know, so like get one ear done, get the second one half off. Uh-huh. Uh, and then the second mail was arrived and explained that the first one had errors in it. And then the third one came and said that the second one had errors in it. And so I just kept getting this junk mail that kept updating what was wrong about the previous one. Uh-huh. Anyway, the word otolaryngology was in there all over the place, and I've been saying it for ten years, telling this bad story about junk mail and pronouncing the word wrong. Oh, wow. You're going to have to retrace your steps. I really am. I have a lot of people to reconnect with. And... <laughs> wow. It's gonna gonna, you're going to be like, a, your name is Earl. My name is Earl. That's, I have a list. I have a list of the hundred people that I need to, I need to write this wrong. <laughs> Our next viewer mail is from John. I don't need no stinking nickname Delphin Vassar class of 1967. 76. 76. What I... are you doing to our friend John Delphin? I'm sure he would be much dismayed to know you were trying to add nine I years. am sometimes numerically dyslexic. You know who else is numerically uh, challenged, in the very least? Nicole Hirsch. Really? She continu- she consistently sends us emails referencing podcast episodes right. with the wrong numbers. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Uh, I don't either. She thinks that should become part of her nickname. Okay, we can work that into we'll it. We'll see. Yes. Nicole, numerically challenged Hirsch. <laughs> yeah, uh, John Delphin says, oh, we, we, talk, we were talking about couple swapping. Was that what we were talking Well, I think we were talking about a crossword puzzle that had the term couple oh, swapping right. we were, in it. We weren't, we weren't, you and I weren't talking about couple swapping. No, we weren't. But, it was, but we talked about how we think it should be, uh, it, it's it's not the couple that swaps, it's individuals within the couple that do the swapping. Right, and whether or not it passed the, the breakfast test, and it was all thing. True. So uh, John Dolphin says, wife swapping is what we used to call it back in the day. Oh, okay. In the John, 70s. I guess When so, he was Ed, graduating Vassar. from Vassar. <laughs> uh, uh, perhaps couple swapping is thought to be more PC. I think partner swapping is what would be more PC. I still think couple swapping doesn't mean anything. It just means... Couple swapping means me and Tony going over to your house and having dinner when you're not there. Right. That's what it means. That's bizarre. It doesn't make sense. You haven't done that, have you? Yes. Many times. (laughs) Have you? Yeah. You would never know. You're not there. We're not there. And we clean up. That's that's, uh, nice of you. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, (laughs) we we also have an email, a viewer mail from Eric Berlin on the same uh, subject. Yeah, Eric says uh, this is this is not part of the Eric Berlin interview. This no. is like bonus foreshadowing, yes. except it has nothing to do with what he's going to tell us about no. later. Uh, Eric says the breakfast test does not mean that every entry and every clue must be suitable for children. It simply means that your morning crossword shouldn't summon up any unpleasant imagery. Couple swapping, while hinting that something sexual is about to take place, is not itself a particularly graphic phrase. The fact that you wouldn't want to talk about it with a ten-year-old is beside the point. Okay, that seems about right. All right, okay. so I maybe I, I'm I'm the in terms of the breakfast test. I am thinking of it in a different way. Well, maybe a different uh, in, in, incorrect way. Yeah, yes. You just have a different kind of breakfast than others. <laughs> Perhaps I, I do. do. Uh, Joanna Ryan says nurses are notorious for discussing disgusting bodily functions and fluids over their meals. So I'm not one to ask about language or topics over breakfast or over any other meal. I guess Joanna Ryan is a nurse. She is a nurse. Yes. Uh, we get shushed at dinner parties. But I would rather read about poop than ethnic cleansing. Well, that sounds about right. <laughs> that sounds I would like too. a great t-shirt. Ethnic cleansing was in a puzzle some yes. time ago, and there was much hubbub about whether it passed the so-called breakfast test. Uh, I would agree. I think that talking about poop is a lot cleaner than talking about ethnic cleansing. Yeah, ethnic cleansing does bring up some yeah, uh, it's just, unpleasant imagery. I don't want to think about it, but, you know, everybody poops. Yes. There's a, a book about there that. There is a book about that. Uh, our last viewer mail comes to us from Karma Sartre. 
Karma Sartre. That's the uh, the online pseudonym of uh, somebody who I won't say his name just in case he, you know, he likes to be Karma Sartre. Uh, he says, I like the things you do. Viewer mail, closing it up. All right, our next segment is uh, competitive birthday greetings. It was your birthday last week. It was. My birthday was last Wednesday. I turned 107 years old in honor of this week's episode number. Yes. Uh, and I got a number of birthday greetings. Thank you to everybody who sent me birthday greetings on Facebook, who sent me birthday greetings via email, via this blog, via this podcast, all of it. You're wonderful people. I sent you, you one, and you didn't even realize it. I don't think you did. I did. You sent me one last year. No, I sent you one on your birthday. Okay. Well, last year you sent me a water faucet. I did. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Yes. Um, anyway, this year I got uh, dueling voicemails. Yes. I, I got uh, vo- uh, voice, vo- voicicle. <laughs> I got voicicle birthday <laughs> greetings from uh, Amanda Yestowitz, the unparalleled parallel first engineer shining light to us all, and from Kevin Ashworth, a.k.a. Kevin Ashwood Smith, uh, <laughs> Hollywood actor. Hollywood actor. Yes. Uh, and they both uh, called in to wish me a happy birthday. So here they are. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Brian, happy birthday to you and Cole Porter. Love, Amanda's voice. Happy, happy birthday, Brian, dear. Happy things will come to you, are you? If I had one wish, then it would be a very happy birthday to you from me. Awesome. So you guys can tell us which one you like better. Yeah, all of you. Which Who, who do you vote for? We're going to vote one of these two singers off of the show next week. It's going to be like American Idol. Who gets voted out? Our next segment. Our next segment is the Oracle with Mike Nothnagel. Uh, Penn Extraordinary Structure of the Friday Puzzle and the Oracle. Yeah, you don't need to do that when the segment is called the Oracle with right. Mike Nothnagel. I'm just saying. No, you're not. Stop, stop just saying. I don't think anyone's confused. We asked him, am I a Michael or just a Mike? He says, we I... We asked if he was a Michael or just a Mike. Not if you were a Michael or just a Mike. Am I a Michael? Okay, he answered, I'm a Michael. The only people who really call me that are my mother, my brother, and now Brian. Now I don't understand. Wait, what? If he's a Michael, why doesn't everyone call him that? Oh, wait, he is a Michael. We that's always call said. him Mike. Well, that's because that's what he is in the newspaper. He's Mike Nothing. I've never called him anything but Mike. I've never called except for that, except for the last podcast. I accidentally called we him called Michael. We called him Michael. So, and, and now he thinks it was you. I mean, he thinks it was me and not you. Michael Nothnagel? That yeah, seems I, like a lot. That's very clumsy. That's Michael almost an I rhyme. Um... <laughs> Uh, Mike, clarify this for us. This doesn't make sense. If you're a Michael, then we should all be calling you Michael. Uh, but nobody if, does. If it's only far- your mother and your brother do it, and now one of us. Both of us. Well, but not... I don't want to. You Tell don't... us what to do. Oracle, <laughs> what do we do? Number two, we asked, is it pentultimate or penultimate? The answer is, it's penultimate. In fact, the spell check just underlined pentultimate to confirm that. So it's penultimate. And uh, what does the pen in penultimate mean? The word penultimate comes from the Latin word Penultimus, which is a combination of pene, which is a kind of pasta, and ultimus, which is the last round of the World Cup. <laughs> so it means so it means it's time for a meal. Uh, the World watching. Cup is almost done. Yes, <laughs> let's celebrate the end of soccer by eating spaghetti. 
I think that's what it means. Viva Italy! Yes, indeed. That's the Oracle. We're thank done you. With it. You were about to snap. You were about to close no, up the Oracle. No, I was not. I was about to say thank you, Mike. Oh. Mike. Oh. Mike. Oh. Yeah. Now, our next segment is our interview. We have an interview. We do. We have a featured interview. With with one Eric Berlin. He's a fantastic constructor. Author. Uh, author, constructor. Constructor, puzzle hunt, uh, participant. Yes, indeed. Team captain, we have learned. Contributor to the ACPT. He's all these things. He's great. And so, he's going to talk to us about every single one of those things. My name is Eric Berlin. I live in Connecticut, and I am a lifelong puzzle lover and uh, puzzle solver. And uh, I contribute crosswords uh, fairly frequently to the New York Times. And uh, I also write puzzle mysteries, as I call them, for, uh, for kids, you know, fifth grade through seventh grade. Um, I have two uh, books, um, The Puzzling World of Winston Breen and The Potato Chip Puzzles, and both of them have all sorts of puzzles through them for the readers to solve while they go along. What, what age range is that really geared for? Uh, nine-ish to 13. I've gotten emails every once in a while from very precocious eight-year-olds, but I think that's uh, less frequent. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that those had been around when I was nine-ish to 13. I really Precocious I, eight-year-olds? Well, I was a precocious eight-year-old, but I don't think these books existed back then. Uh, but I, no, think, I absolutely would have loved them. For, for us, it was Encyclopedia Brown. Yes. Oh, and yeah, uh, yeah. I, the, the question I get asked all the time when I go uh, visit kids at schools is, uh, why did I write these books? And my answer is, I wrote these books because I wanted to write the thing that I would have been crazy to find on the bookshelf myself when I was that age. Do you think that there's any way to uh, get kids who aren't interested in puzzles? Do, is there any way to convert them to see the light, or or just or just people? just biologically predetermined to not like them? I think there's some hard wiring involved, um, but I also think a conversion is possible. And uh, the only way of doing that is just getting some, some clever wordplay or a clever puzzle uh, in front of them and uh, letting them have that aha moment. I mean, the, the drug of the puzzle world is the aha moment. I can't believe I just solved that. What a, I'm so proud of myself for getting that. Wow, that's that's great. I, I know we have a lot of teachers who listen to the show. Uh, I think I think they all a lot of them use puzzles as a teaching tool. I think it's great. Yeah, and if they don't already use your books, then they really they, they really sh- need to start. Where where can where's the best way to get your books? Is it bookstores? Well, you can get it from Amazon. You can okay. get it from Barnes and Noble. All right. So the the puzzle hunt, the yeah. Washington Post puzzle hunt. Explain for somebody who's never been to a puzzle hunt. Just kind of explain what this is. Uh, so the writer, Dave Barry, and his friends from the journalism world, a guy named Tom Schroeder and uh, the columnist Gene Weingarten, for years and years and years, they have put on a large-scale puzzle hunt in Miami, uh, sponsored by the Miami Herald. And the way this works is you get a map of the, of the area. They take a, a section of Miami, they basically turn it into a giant game board. And you're given five coordinates, and at each of those coordinates is a, is a usually a pretty big theatrical puzzle, the answer to which is a number. And when you settle on the correct number, you look it up in the clue guide, which is included in that morning's newspaper, and you circle the correct clue. You have three hours to solve those five puzzles. 
uh, and collect the five correct clues. After the three hours are done, Dave Barry gets up into the microphone and reads off a final clue that can be used to tie the previous five clues together, and the first team to do that is is the winner. So that that's the Miami one. Now, what happened with the Washington Post one? That was just a, a week ago, two weeks ago. That was just a couple of weeks ago, and it was uh, it, it's structured exactly the same way as the Miami Hunt. They take a section of the of the city. They it turns into a game board. You get your map. You go to your five locations. It's the same structure. So at this past one, we went to uh, a, a sort of a plaza, uh, sort of like a place for people to to eat their lunches and look at the buildings and stuff. And there were some cement steps upon which they had placed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of plaster feet. And they were organized in little groups so for easier counting, and we did indeed count them. And we got 555, and then there was a single half foot, 555 and a half feet. And that was all you got. Does that mean anything to you guys, 555 and a half? Uh, no, I, I, because it's feet, though, I wonder if it's a, a distance or a height of something. It is, in fact, a height of something. Uh, the Washington Monument. The height of the Washington Monument. There you go. Look at that. Me and Ryan, we should have been a team. Uh, and my teammate, Kevin Wald, uh, Ukabu in, in, uh, in the National Puzzlers League, he got it immediately. He didn't need any further reference. Thankfully, there was nonetheless further reference. There was a cartoon in the Clue Guide of the Washington Monument and a bunch of tourists around there showing the various ways they were beating the heat with a portable fan, and there were little captions here and there. And one of the people in that, in that cartoon had a big purple umbrella over his head. And a little cartoon balloon pointing to him said, Aha, this man has the answer. Interesting. Oh, so you had to go find the guy? You had to go to the Washington Monument, and there was the same man. He was wearing a Dodgers uniform, a Dodgers uh, uh, shirt, in the cartoon, and he was wearing a Dodger shirt right there, and he had a big purple umbrella, and the number on the back of his uniform was the answer. Oh. This is fascinating. I wish I could have gone to this. I think I would have well, absolutely loved it. next year you can. Now, is there one coming up? Well, there's the MIT hunt. Now, the MIT hunt is very, very hard, uh, but it's still a very satisfying experience. It's fun to be on a team and just to contribute a tiny little bit to the larger team's progress. Just to have, you know, to be surrounded by these incredibly difficult puzzles and to contribute, you know, the germ of an idea that just brings home one of them. I've, I've, you know, I've come home from a weekend deeply satisfied having contributed a single idea that helped to solve two puzzles out of 150. Eric, we're so excited with all the stuff that you, that you create and contribute to this whole community. It's really wonderful. Thank you. Well, thanks so much, Eric. It's such a pleasure to talk to you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right, you bet. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Bye-bye. If I had a guy like, like I was going to say Winston Bream, if I had a guy like Eric Berlin coming to my school and talking to me about that kind of thing, I think I would have done better in school. Oh, I so wish that I could, like, send me and Eric back in time in different ways. I'd like to go back to when I was eight. I'd like Eric to go back now, but to when I was eight, uh, and and do this at my school, because, man, that Winston Breen stuff would have been awesome. As long as you stayed away from John Delphin during that time. Let's see. When I was eight, John Delphin would have been uh, maybe five years out of college. Uh, right. Sorry, John, if that that's the kind of age relativity that 
people sometimes don't like to hear, but it's true. <laughs> I'm sorry. It is true, Let's though. just face it. Uh, I don't know. What would have been so bad about John Delphin, though? He was wife-swapping at that time. Well, he, he called it wife-swapping. I don't think he was necessarily doing wife-swapping. Well, it says wife-swapping is what we used to call it's it. It's what back we used to call it. Well, by he, he didn't say wife swapping is what we used to do. Back by in we, the day. I just figured that was his. I think his he meant people of the 1970s. I, I thought it meant his wife swapping cabal. Oh, John, were you in a wife swapping cabal? <laughs> wow, the WSC, as they know. would say, is that what it is? The WSC. <laughs> Let's move on. The, the contest of then. The contest of then was from Foggy Broom, Forgiferous <laughs> Broom. Uh, Fogalantalon. This was apparently extremely difficult. It was. It was a what two-word, ten-letter movie title has a seven-letter palindromic sequence in it. If you remove the seven letters, the remaining letters spell a synonym for the first word. We got uh, exactly two. Two correct answers. We, we got two answers. We got both two of them answers. Were both correct. of them were correct. We didn't even have any guesses. No, and... Uh, Our winner <laughs> is going to be Jeremy two-time Jeremy three-time Jeremy, Jeremy four-time four Horowitz of the Jets and the answer is hello Dolly sing a little of it for us well hello Dolly oh hello Dolly it's so nice that you came here today to be I love you Dolly I'm so blue Dolly right is that how it goes yeah kind of it's how it goes. That's how, how it goes. That's how it goes. I superscripted. Oh wow! Uh, so our question to so this you. Is, but let's just clarify how this works. Of course, L L O D O L L is in the middle of that, and if you take those letters out, you get H E Y, which is hey, which is a synonym for hello. Yes. Uh, so that's that. Jeremy Horowitz, how did you come up with this? Uh, we also got correct answers from Alex Bavlia. Yes, and he, and he said, "If anyone gets this that without computer assistance, I'd I'd be amazed." So how how Jeremy, I'm, did you come up with this without computer assistance? And, and and how? And Alex, what did you write a Perl script? Did you do a thing? Did yes, you, Alex, how did you come up with it? Indeed, I mean, how, how do you even start? We want to know this because Howard Barkin also wrote to us to say, "Seems the only way to solve this is either by one writing some sort of Perl script against a huge file of movie titles, or two having a photographic memory of movie titles to draw from." Uh, I don't know. I guess or three just happening to think of it. I tried to, and all I came up with was Rain Man. Yeah, Rain Man is, uh, there's absolutely nothing palindromic or ten letter about Rain Man. <laughs> well, there you go. So that's why you fail. <laughs> that is why. The contest of now. The Con- contest we're going to also, what are we playing for for the contest oh, oh, of now? Oh, the contest of now. We're, we're playing, the contest is by Peter Gordon. The prize is created by Peter Gordon. And the podcast is sponsored by Peter Gordon this oh, week. Oh, it is? Yes. Oh, I had yes. no idea. So thank you, Peter. Wow. Uh, we look forward to the check. Uh, the contest we were playing for, uh, uh, the new Sit and Solve Nice and Easy Crosswords. This is a really cool book. It's got uh, 40 or so uh, crosswords in it. They're 10 by 10s. They're little mini ones. Yes. Perhaps you've seen over the years those toilet bowl-shaped books. Uh, that are the old sit and solve uh, group. They are no longer toilet bowl shaped. Well, they're not, but they're the same idea. So they're good for the the bathroom. They're good for the wherever you go that you need a, a quick solve while you're busy with other activities. <laughs> uh, and anyway, the contest of now is what famous person with a seven letter full name uses just left to right symmetric letters if written in all capitals capital letters. Yes. Okay. Famous person who's got a seven-letter full name. That's yes. a first name like and a last Rain name. Man. Exactly. Yes. Uh, and the, the, the letters are all left-right symmetric. It's so written in capitals. Rain Man 
that doesn't work. No, R so, is not left. So it's right not symmetric. Rain Man. Damn it! it is, Hello Dolly. It is. It is. It is Hello Dolly. It is because yes. L is also not left right symmetric. Damn it! Damn it! Oh well. Look, Look on the horizon. What? What? What do you see? <laughs> what do you see? I see you. Sadly. Alright, Monday, June 7th by Lynn Lempel. This is, uh, the theme was It's Okay With Me. There were there were two phrase theme answers, two word <laughs> phrases were the theme answers. I thought we were going to have to wait till Sunday <laughs> to get you to be nonsense, but this is great. Uh, the first word has got the word okay in it, the second word has got the word me in it, cooking time, broken home, poker game, smoked meat, okay with me. Those are all okay with me. I like every single one of those. Tuesday, June 8th by Peter A. Collins, who happens to be Rob Reiner's Pilates friend. He is. I got that backwards. Uh, this was weird. It uh, had Twist and Shout going through the middle over three entries, and then it was two rock bands were spelled out in non-consecutive I, entries I as well. The Mamas and the Papas, who covered the song in the, the 1800s, and the Thisley Brothers, who apparently uh, performed it once <laughs> at the, the Battle of the Bulge. It's, it's the Isley Brothers. Oh, the Isley Brothers. Not Thisley Brothers. <laughs> I'm reading it wrong on the script here. The, the Isley Brothers. Uh, and also the Beatles were also in there. They, oh, were they the Beatles? They, it was their song. Was it? Yes. Oh. Wednesday, June 9th, by Gary Whitehead. My birthday. Uh, this was Red Starts. Another bird we've never heard of. <laughs> Red Starts and Ptarmigans. All of a sudden, you're W.C. Field. What was that? <laughs> a bird we've never heard of. That's an I rhyme. <laughs> and uh, I am W.C. Field. <laughs> it's bizarre. Uh, this, I, I don't even get it. I mean, I get it, but I... I the I, theme I, entries were all things that started with yeah, different I get things it. that I are get red. It. Blood I, Money, I, Cherry Crush, Ruby Tuesday, Brick Lair. I found I didn't care. I found I was like you and didn't care. Now, do you find that once you finish with the puzzle, do you stop and reflect and then say to yourself, you know what? I didn't care. You know what? I didn't know Red Starts and I had trouble with the downs. Yeah. So I didn't get Red Start until that was the last thing I got in. Even though the theme entries all started with red things? Yeah, but I didn't realize that. Because blood, I mean, blood is... Blood, cherry, ruby, brick. I understand that. These are but, all kinds of but red. But when you, when you see blood, it's... It's n- because you're colorblind, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. But when you, when you think of blood... Red is not the first thing I think of. What is the first thing you think of? Ready? We're going to play a word association. Ready? Blood. Fainting. Interesting. Ruby. Tuesday. Brick. Layer. See, what are you doing? This is just... Oh! (laughs) I didn't even notice that. Are you serious? (laughs) Buzz that damn thing. Thursday, June 10th by Mike Thysley Nothnagel. Michael. Michael Thysley, Nafnagel, pen pal extraordinaire and constructor of the Friday Puzzle and the Oracle. This was uh, very, very clever and strange. It was sort of a circular word ladder, word arithmetic. Yes. Uh, you had extremely close was uh, also, uh, it was clued by 61 across and 9 across, which were point and blank. Clued the entry for extremely right. close, because point blank. And then blank and check set up unlimited budget, check and point set up inspection spot. This was fun. I enjoyed it. Very cool. Very, very cool. Yeah, and a good Thursday. Yes. Friday, June 11th by John Dunn. John Dunn. John Dunn. It said NLers in it. Yeah. And it was for Jacques Cousteau's 100th birthday. Jacques? I I had no idea. I I mean, I didn't know it was his 100th birthday, but I'm surprised you didn't watch Jacques Cousteau as a kid. No, I didn't watch TV I as a kid. I know you didn't watch TV So how as are a you kid. surprised that I didn't but watch Jacques educational. Cousteau? educational. I watched, uh, I, I, I watched uh, 321 Contact. Oh. Was it on that? 
three, two, one, contact. That's the feeling. That's the motion in the Bloodhound Gang. Oh, I love the Bloodhound oh, the Gang. Bloodhound they were the best. Gang. Oh, yeah. Whenever there's trouble, we're there on the double. We're the Bloodhound oh. Gang. If you've got the crime, we've got the time. We're the Bloodhound Gang. This is awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> Saturday, June twelfth, by Joe DiPietro. Uh, what are beef eaters? I thought Beefeater, isn't that a kind of gin? It's either a kind of gin or the, the guards at Buckingham Palace, right? So maybe that's the, the Red the Guards. Ha- so, yeah, the, the, the clue was Red Guards, question mark, and the answer was Beefeaters. I, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get that either. Is I mean, it a kind of tomato? No, that's a beef steak. And beef How is, is a beef steak both a steak and a tomato? That doesn't make sense to me. That's odd. I know. But this had some great fill in there, too. Roxy Music, Exxon Mobil, Ask Me Later, and The Academy. The Academy. I like that, The Academy. I, it was a, a very uh, often thanked group. Something I think like so. That. Something was, like that. It was that. a cool yeah, clue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this was good. Oh, and, oh, and this, is, this is for your sister, who apparently is behind. Joe DiPietro. She'll laugh now, but she will be the only one. Uh, Sunday, June 13th by Francis Heaney. Take it away, Ryan. <laughs> This was in honor of Flag Day. Yes. Which is... Actually, June 14th. It was yesterday. Yes. Which was my brother's birthday. It was Uh, my mother's birthday. It was your mother's birthday. Uh, Francis Heaney, Flag Day. So here's the deal. Okay. What's the deal, Ryan? (laughs) This was a very cool puzzle. It was extremely cool. Tell us how it worked, Ryan. All right. So here's how it worked. Yeah. What you did... (laughs) (laughs) There were various... uh, Various... um, Clues, yeah. That said, country represented by the flag, and then would have three colors, yeah. And the, they were all flags, and this—I think there were five of them. I think there were and, six of them. There were five or six of them, or six. <laughs> <laughs> and all of the flags were of the style of where it's three stripes, yes, three uh, bars, horizontal that, bars, yes, three thick horizontal bars, yes, in a rectangular shape, yes. All right, so you had that. <laughs> So then you had other longer answers where, well, okay, let me start again. <laughs> you had, there was a rebus element to it. Oh, there was. And, and there, were, there would be three downs in a row yeah. that would be involved in this rebus. And the rebus would be, let's, for instance, let's say red, white, and green. I'm okay. not sure if that was really one of the, one of the flags. I think Italy is uh, red. Red, white, and green? Yeah. All right. So let's go with that. So then... The three downs in a row would each have uh, would he, the first one would have red as a rebus, uh-huh. and then the next. How, one, how so? How does that work? The first one would have red as a rebus. Give me an example of tired. A, oh, tired. Okay, so it would so be T I and, and then, then a, red. A square would be for the red. Would be red. Okay, and then the one next to it would have green as a rebus, and okay. the green rebus would be right next to the red rebus. Okay, and then what was it? White? Did we say white? Sure. This isn't anything that actually existed in the puzzle, but go ahead. But then the white rebus would be right next to the green rebus. Uh-huh. So then this long. Long uh, theme answer would have letters, yeah. and then it would have red, white, and green, or red, green, and white, yeah. and then the rest of the answer. And yeah. you'd look at it, and you think, well, if, even if you string all that together, it doesn't make any sense. Okay. So what you have to do yeah. is you have to realize what the what that flag <laughs> is and what that country is, yeah. and you swap out those letters, and you stick in the country, Oh. and then you get... The, the, then it makes sense. So where the downwards incorporate the color names, the across entry incorporates the country name represented by that flag. Yes. Well, this puzzle by Francis Heaney was incredible. It was very great. clever, very great. cool, super original, just brilliant. Francis is brilliant. Yes. Uh, really, just a smart guy. And an incredibly, like, 
versatile, and he's a renaissance man. I mean, he's a musician. Tap dancer. And he's a tap dancer. He and wears he's a an tie. Author. He wears, he has an amazing collection of shirts and ties. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm in awe of Francis Heaney. He's great. I, I, I think he is, he's quite extraordinary. He is very extraordinary. And this puzzle is, uh, this is a this highlight. This is, for all you Sunday puzzle constructors, this is the type of theme that you should all be aiming for. This is the type of puzzle that every... You know what? Any puzzle constructor, anybody who's into creating or analyzing puzzles, just study this one. This is amazing. This is lots of fun. Very cool. Very and, cool. And, and it was a complicated theme, but it was done in such a way where you can figure it out. There's yeah, no... Totally. There, there, they, they didn't need, you know, in the notepad, nope. once you do this and you do that. No just, explanations needed. Totally just, figure out. Even I was able to figure out... Thank you.